get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Michelle Smallman and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Alex Ferrario. It is BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN as the Cardinals are in the midst of a three-game losing streak, looking to snap that uh, a little bit later on this afternoon as they'll be uh, hitting first pitch against the San Francisco Giants to wrap up this series. And we are going to head to our 101 ESPN hotline and welcome in one of my favorites. He's a MLB Network radio host. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Farron. He is Mike Farron. And Mike, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. How's the gang doing today? Not great, Mike, because of, as you would imagine, uh, St. Louis Cardinals nation is uh, well not feeling very well as uh, the Cardinals sit at the bottom of the National League Central on April 27th. Mike, if I would have told you that at the beginning of the season that the Cardinals will be at the bottom of the NL Central before the end of April, your answer would have been? What is everybody over 500? <laughs> Like, I mean, I think that's the part, like, I mean, it's April, right? So it's, I mean, weird things can happen, but I don't, I mean, even with some of the concerns that I had about the Cardinals coming into the season, I didn't anticipate a start like this. I don't think anybody would have uh, based on the talent that's on the roster. Well, Mike, they are sitting there at 9-16. and 16. They're in the basement of the NL Central. A pretty distressing start for the Cardinals. As, as you observe this team and you diagnose them, what's the problem? Well, I mean, I wish it was simple to just say that there's one issue. I mean, there's a couple of them right now. Like, the offense hasn't been particularly consistent, although I think they're going to be fine. And they haven't played great defensively of late, which, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit curious because they, they were so good defensively for so long when it came to positioning. If some of the restrictions in positioning now has impacted them at all in that, at least on the infield. Um and they've also had to, you know, they've got a couple of guys that they had you know, converted in the outfield in the first part of the season and Jordan Walker, um, you know, trying to learn basically how to play right field on the fly. I and mean, he really doesn't have that much experience playing in the outfield. Now with Burleson, who is fine, I think, as an outfielder, just doesn't have a ton of foot speed. So that, that's one of the limitations that he has. So I think those are part of it. But my bigger concern with the Cardinals coming into the season was one I think I talked about with you guys Heck, going back to October of last year, right, which was they just don't have a rotation that misses many bats. And I think it's really hard to win in 2023 without at least a couple of people that are, are that have some swing and miss stuff, you know. And that's like when you contrast it to even a team like the Cubs, who I think are a little bit out over their skis, a couple of their pitchers, Get swing and miss. You know, Steele gets a decent enough swing and miss to strikes about a quarter of the hitters he faces. Hayden Wisniewski is murder on right-handers, and so the, the Cardinals don't have that. They've got guys that are quality quality pitchers at making pitches, and maybe you know the the last start from Jack Flaherty really puts the him moving in the right direction, and he can get back to where he was a couple of years ago when you know in 2019 he was striking out. 30% of the batters that he faced. I mean, his slider was a lot better against Seattle, but that's one of my big concerns is that in 2023, if you can't miss bats with your pitching staff, 
the hitters are just too good. And if you miss on the plate, they're going to make you pay. Uh, to that point, Mike, I, I mean, I, I feel like there's optimism, at least for Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery, but those are the only two guys. And you come into the season and people were looking at it as, yeah, but the Cardinals pitched a contact and they got such good defense to your point of the defensive struggles. But the fact that Miles Michaelis has been getting hit really hard, the same with Steven Matz, and we haven't seen Adam Wainwright because of the injury, it's going to be difficult, and I would imagine you agree with this, if you only got two guys at the top of your rotation who neither are pitching like an ace. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a, a huge problem, too. But I mean, I think even if you have a great defensive team, if you are reliant on balls in play, you know, once the ball goes off the bat, there's a lot of things that can happen, right? And your risk of bad things happening is higher than if you can get swing and miss. So, you know, I think I – think like Michaelis is going to pitch better, right? Like he's been a really solid starter for the big league career. He's not going to end up. He didn't just fall off a cliff. He's going to be fine at some point. The you know Wainwright when he comes back, I think is really interesting to watch because his velocity was way down on the WBC. And he really had to rely on the curveball a lot more. And I think he's super smart, and so he's capable of making adjustments. But he's not going to be a guy that goes deep into games. You know, I mean, Matt's is Matt's. You know, like he's. He, you're going to see a run of six starts in a row where you're like, man, this guy's got it figured out, and then he's going to hit a rough patch. I mean, that's kind of the way it's been for his whole career. So you're putting a lot of faith in Jack Flaherty, I think specifically getting back to being the guy that he was a few years ago. And and I think, you know, listen, Jordan Montgomery is a fine starter, but I think you saw it last year, right? You saw both the good and the bad in, in Montgomery. He can get off to the these runs where he's really – pitching deep into games and executing pitches. And then because, again, he's not a big swing and miss guy, he's going to have stretches where he gets hit around a little bit. So, I don't know, there's an awful lot riding on one guy in that rotation right now who you know has not pitched a lot over the last three seasons. And, you know, my hope is that Flaherty unlocked something with that slider against Seattle that allows him to be, be the guy that can be the stopper that they need. Mike, the Cardinals are dealing with a little bit of a log jam in the outfield, and as a way to alleviate that and get some guys consistent playing time, they optioned Jordan Walker to Memphis yesterday. Do you think that that was the right move for the Cardinals? It it struck me as odd. I mean, he hadn't been playing the last couple of days, right, and they were working on some things in the cage. And I I just feel like if, you know, he's such a – he's viewed as this high-end impact player – and if you felt he was ready before he, you know, before the season started, getting to the end of April and not having him in the lineup every day, it probably wasn't the best use of that roster spot to open. You know, I, I mean, really, quite frankly, like I, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, you, if you're putting Jordan Walker on the roster, it means you're going to let him try and figure things out, you know, at the big league level when he goes through funks. And it's, it's not like the funk that he's in was in was like massive. There were adjustments that he has to make, and he's going to have to make adjustments against big league pitching. Now, the defensive metrics, at least, weren't particularly high on him, and I'm kind of curious to see, um, you know, how that goes because he is really still learning the position. But I was a little bit surprised, really, that that was the move that they made. Now, some of it could be they're trying to create flexibility. I don't know, maybe maybe you will, Michelle, on, on, on what they have coming up, like. I would assume that part of this, they were thinking they had a run of right-handed starters that were coming, right? And so you want to get 
Newt Barr and, and Carlson and Burleson in the lineup as much as possible. And so maybe that was going to reduce the opportunity for plate appearances for Walker. Or maybe there were just some specific things that they felt like they unlocked that they were like, we didn't necessarily see this coming, but it's going to be a lot easier for him to work on them in AAA than it is in the big leagues in a lower pressure environment. Remember, he's never played, he hadn't played a game in AAA. He made the jump from AA. So I think there's, there were a couple things with it where I guess I understand why they made the move when they did, but if you're going to roster him to begin the season and he's you know, part of your future and part of the core of the middle of that lineup, I'm a little bit surprised that he didn't get the opportunity to just continue to play through it uh, through the month of May. But you know, I'm, I want to try and be fair to them on this because there may have been things that they just felt like weren't going to get better here and needed to be done out of the spotlight of the major leagues where it can be really, really tough. We got a couple more minutes with Mike Farron, uh, MLB Network radio host, with us here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Mike, you've been around Major League Baseball for a long time, and as you would imagine, when things go poorly for a team, the fall guy from the fan base goes directly to the manager or the coach, and that's what it's been at least in the last week with Cardinals fans looking at Ali Marmol and saying, "Like, well, he's not managing properly." From your perspective, how has Ali been as a manager? Um, I don't really have a good answer for that. I mean, I think there have been some some bullpen decisions that he's made, you know, especially I, mean, I go back to the playoffs last year and then again early this season, there was a key spot where he was kind of wish casting for double play where it went to Andre Palente, you know, when he really needed a strikeout. Um, those are kind of the ones that stick out for managerial moves, but I don't think that those are egregious mistakes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a really difficult question, I think, for any of us from the outside to answer because we're not around the club every day. Like, you know, I'm not locked in on every inning of Cardinal baseball to know exactly what the bullpen moves are and and how, you know, he's juggling the lineup or handling the lineup. And not to mention, I think the vast majority of that job is keeping your, getting your players prepared to play on a given night and keeping them in the right frame of mind. I mean, I, I would say that 90% of the job is soft science as opposed to, to hard science decision-making. In the end, you're dealing with really talented players who you know, are going to, to you know, make, their, make or break their success. But, you know, listen, the, the Cardinals have had plenty of scapegoats over the last half dozen years, right? Like Jeff Albert was the, <laughs> was the poster boy for that for a long time. Well, he's gone now, and the offense is inconsistent, right? So... Maybe it's more the personnel and less the coaching, right? And that's and that's something. It's way too early to figure that out. Like we we only have twenty five games into the season. Like we're a quarter, we're we're an eighth of the way through it, right? There's still a ton of time left. And well, a hundred plate appearances isn't nothing. It just doesn't really tell us a whole lot about where guys are or twenty five innings for a pitcher, like. There's one bad inning that can train wreck your line or one bad outing or two bad outings. So I just don't think that there's I, – I, I don't know that I have a good answer for you as to whether or not Ali Marmol is a good manager. Um, I can't tell you either way. My sense is that he's a pretty sharp baseball guy in a couple of dealings that I've had with him. But, you know, again, it's just a matter of what that – you know, what the feeling is in that clubhouse and how they feel about him and how he helps to get guys prepared. And clearly – you know, the Cardinals have had that as a, as a mindset when they made that change. They were not happy with the way the, pre- the preparation went under Mike Schilt. He wasn't the same on the same page as the front office. Whether or not that was the right decision or not, I guess, you know, the, the 
only time will tell, but you know, they won the division last year. So I don't think he got dumb overnight. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, last thing from me, Mike, we as Cardinals fans tend to live in a silo sometimes and only focus on our own team. Since you cover the uh, baseball as a whole so far this season, early observations from you, what teams have intrigued you or surprised you so far? Well, I mean, I think the biggest surprise has to be Pittsburgh, right? Like the fact that they're off to the start they are is really cool. Um, I don't know how uh, sustainable their success is, um, although their starting pitching has been very, very good. And after a rough pitch, first inning today, like Mitch Keller has settled in and is holding the Dodgers at bay. I mean, they've got a legitimate chance to win this series against L.A. And really, I mean, they should have won Monday night's game, too. Their bullpen's been pretty solid as Pittsburgh, but they have, you know, they have not, um, you know, they've not given up a ton of runs, but they, they really struggled in that, that outing uh, on Monday night. So like, I think Pittsburgh's one of the big surprises. I think um, the White Sox being off to as poor a start as they are. I mean, it's their worst start since 1986. I think that's one of the teams that I would say is a pretty significant surprise uh, right now. And then I think Tampa Bay, I mean, you know, they're, what, 20-5 and five now after dropping the, a home series to the Astros. But, you know, that's a good team. I don't know that we saw them winning 20 out of 25 to open the year. Um, but having a healthy Wander Franco, he's a real impact player. Um, I mean, one of he's going to be one of the 10 best players in the league by the end of the season. It's, if he's not already, I mean, he's really special. Um, Randy Rosarena has been terrific for them. And they have a stable of really impressive arms there. So I would put those as the teams that have maybe been the biggest surprises to this point. Mike, we always love getting the chance to catch up with you and talk baseball, my friend. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Mike underscore Farron. You can hear him on MLB Network Radio. Always appreciate the time, sir. Enjoy the uh, next few weeks of baseball, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again real soon. My pleasure. And just remember, it's still early. It's still <laughs> early. We Everybody just needs to take a deep breath. I realize this hasn't happened in 50 years, but it's cool. There's a long way to go.